I kind of think that it may, it might be more of a confidence thing though. Now I know Allen came out, told the media that he's going to stay aggressive. He's, he's not going to change the way he plays, but like when you throw six interceptions over the span of 10 quarters of football and you have to listen to everybody telling me, telling you that fans, coaches, friends, all of it, right? Uh, the dog is probably even telling you, Hey man, you're throwing a lot of picks at that point. Like yes. you, you can't stop hearing about it. Definitely not a scorching hot take right now to say Josh Allen is not quite right. Maybe it could be the elbow, maybe a little bit of a confidence issue, maybe a little of both. We'll have thoughts on that topic here coming up in just a little bit. But first and foremost, it's the Bills Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined by my friend Nick Wotton. Nick is the managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. Nick, how you doing this week? I'm good, Ryan. Um, happy uh, Thanksgiving, happy holidays, and a nice, uh, quick, short week turnaround for us in the Bills. So did, what what happens there for you? Do you have to like let your family know you can't come to Thanksgiving dinner because you got to cover the Bills? Is that pretty much what, what happens there? It's a work day for you. Yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of what they become accustomed to, you know? My, yeah. my family's like, well, you know, you can, you know, of course, more than invited to come. And I'm like, well, well I'm going to be just sitting there, you know, on my laptop looking at the TV, typing the entire Thursday. So why bother? Right. Yeah. So, you know, we'll uh, yeah, we'll, um, you know, we'll just have our own small Thanksgiving uh, feast. And uh, yeah, Roscoe and I will get after that while uh, those <laughs> are getting after the lions. <laughs> yeah. So it might not be turkey for you then. Maybe like Chinese food or something <laughs> like you might have to yeah. come up with a different I, feast. I like to cook. I, yeah. I made a turkey the last couple of years. So I, I was going to go to the store and they sometimes they sell just like turkey breast you know i don't need like the whole thing but yeah, uh yeah. yeah we'll see we'll see what we get into you know for me yeah. my 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 dad throws this like kegger on thanksgiving he invites you know every side of the family you could think of and friends and it's like just crazy there's kegs now there's like little toddlers running around it's like that's always it's always a big thing but i'm i'm looking forward to it this year looking forward to the uh, the kegger and, and watching bill's lions and we're going to get into that lineup here coming up uh, we, when we talked last week for the podcast, at least at the end of it, Nick, when we were talking about Bill's Browns last week, it was still kind of a possibility the game would get moved. We were talking on Thursday. It was before they actually moved the game uh, to Detroit. I was actually super confident that Buffalo would find a way. I think I had a very passionate speech about that last week. Uh, you know, I figured folks would, you know, they would just show up at the stadium on their snowmobiles with their shovels and just they would help out in whatever way possible and they would get the snow cleared out and the Bills would play the Browns. That didn't happen, obviously, but what we got was kind of even cooler, right? You guys had uh, a story about this up on Bill's Wire. Folks should definitely check it out if they haven't yet. Uh, so, I mean, as devastating as I'm, I'm sure it was to lose a home game and season ticket holders, I'm sure that was tough. And, and even diehard Bill's fans, Nick, who had to hear all the trash talk from other from fans of other teams that they were hurling around social media saying, oh, the Bills would rather play in a dome than their own elements, blah, 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 blah. Like the Bills had like a choice in the matter, right? Like the players had a choice in the matter, whatever. That was getting thrown around. I'm sure Bills fans were annoyed by that. But still the, you know, the many examples of Bills players, uh, sorry, Bills fans and neighbors literally showing up to the homes of Bills players to help them get cleared out and get to the uh, facility to leave for Detroit. I know it was kind of wild, especially around Orchard Park. And I'm sorry, you know, people might roll their eyes with some of the stuff Bill's Mafia comes up with, but this here I thought was kind of awesome. Uh, and seeing guys like Dawson Knox and, you know, the, the social media posts. Hey, Roscoe, what's up? I think one Bill's player even put out a picture. He was like, I don't know who cleared out my driveway, but thanks. Like his entire driveway was like snow blowed out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, some cool stuff that, that came out of that when the, even though the Bills didn't get to play for, from at home in this one, still Bill's Mafia showed up 
in a different way than we maybe expected. And it was pretty, pretty freaking cool. You understand it when you're from Buffalo, you know, they call it the city of good neighbors and people do, do this stuff all the time. Um, you know, uh, the Bill, Bills fans will sometimes go a little bit over the top with some certain things. But uh, yeah, this is just one of those things, I guess you can say, is very unique to Buffalo, right? Because as it goes in the NFL, a lot of these guys are not from, you know, New York, not from Buffalo. Um, they're from the likes of Florida, California, Texas, places where there's not a lot of snow. So um, ironically enough, um, you know, there's a the talk with the snow all week. And before um, they even took the field um, or before the game even got relocated, I mean, um, all this happened. And they had a little uh, social media video from the Bills. They, they gave players a snow brush for their car. And like half the guys didn't even know what it was. <laughs> like, they didn't know what, what this was for. So that's kind of the point I'm getting at is, uh, yeah, I mean, the people of Buffalo just kind of recognize that these not not that these guys aren't physically capable of going out there and shoveling snow, but they almost don't have the means to because they're, you know, we as people from the northeast, you know, that's, you know, life. We have to be ready for the snowfall. These guys, I never think about it. They never think about six feet of snow falling and they don't have, you know, the the the, the snow plows and the uh, uh, snow blowers and uh, all that other stuff so yeah it is actually a pretty cool thing that you know you know the people of western new york kind of uh, recognize the fact that uh, you know um josh Allen's a california farmer <laughs> you know fully prepared to uh, get snow you know i don't know what i don't know what alan you know farms is producing out there out in fireball i can't remember but you know as you know the story goes josh Allen's a farm farm kid now playing in the nfl but uh yeah not a not a lot of uh, snow plowing out in northern california where where alan's from so uh yeah alan knox all those guys got some uh got some help from the buffalo community and they literally for once could not have done it without bill's mafia his post mafia literally got them to the game yeah it's, it's pretty odd like what what would josh do like rip the top of his garbage can off the lid and like start using that as a shovel i think one bill's player joked about that's what he's gonna have to do and I'm sure as soon as he tweeted or, or posted yeah. that, there was a bunch of uh, Bills fans at the house, like ready to help. Right? It just, it, it's just you know, I can't overstate how cool that story was. Really cool. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned Josh, and I think that's our main topic uh, as we start the show here. Uh, we need to get Josh right. We need to get Josh Allen right. <laughs> He's not quite right right now. The offense isn't quite right, Nick. It's not terrible. Josh Allen hasn't been terrible, but it's, he's just not quite right not quite the guy that we saw at the end of last year at the the beginning of this year right now it could be the elbow because we all just kind of assume that he's 100 percent healed since he played in that vikings game right nick it was he was questionable all week missing practice everyone thought oh will he play will he play well then he plays against the vikings and we and then everybody just seems to forget about the elbow well i can't imagine that's the you know it's 100 percent. it's his throwing elbow he's taken some hits he's had to tackle guys after his own interceptions so he might just be laboring through the elbow thing and, and still trying to figure that out. That's completely possible. I kind of think that it, may, it might be more of a confidence thing, though. Now, I know Allen came out, told the media that he's going to stay aggressive. He's not going to change the way he plays. But like when you throw six interceptions over the span of 10 quarters of football and you have to listen to everybody telling, telling you that, fans, coaches, friends, all of it, right? Uh, the dog is probably even telling you, hey, man, you're throwing a lot of picks at that point. Like yes. you, you can't stop hearing about it. And not to mention a lot of those interceptions in plus territory, some near the end zone, in the end zone. How can that not creep into your head a little bit, Nick, right? And you start second guessing yourself. And then when I see the Bills kind of struggle through this game with the Browns, trailing for almost the entire first half, struggling in the red zone, right? They go two for five in the red zone. Tyler Bass attempts and makes six field goals in the game. 
you, you look at it and you're like, maybe Josh is second guessing himself a little bit. Maybe he is human, not, not quite a robot, right? He is human. And when he's getting close to the end zone, he's like, oh crap, I better not throw another pick here. I, I will not hear the end of it. And I, I just can't keep doing that, right? So that, it could be a confidence thing. We need Josh though to get his confidence back, get his groove back and be the guy, right? Because right now, not that he sucks, but he's just not quite right at the moment. Do you agree? Absolutely. And I think it's a mix of both, right? Because you, you know, to your point, you know, even as Roscoe was yelling last segment, he knows he was saying stuff about Allen's interception. Yeah, exactly, Roscoe. And um, yeah, even Roscoe knows. But, uh, you know, so that I, I think you can kind of tell just almost the eye test on both of these that maybe Allen's not feeling very confident in himself. I think he's you know, feeling that confidence in the middle of the field when he has a lot of space to work with. But in the red zone, I think this is something that he's maybe never experienced in his young career to date because, um, you know, I think we mentioned on the pod last week too, Ryan, that, you know, Allen was a QB where, um, you know, he had this really long streak to start his career where he never threw an interception in the in the red zone. Then he finally did last year and he pretty much hadn't thrown one since. And now he's in the last couple, you know, he went a couple games in a row, not uh, – not being able to put it in the end zone and giving it away. So it was really, it's almost a confidence issue that it seems as something that's new for him, at least in the, at the NFL level. So I think that, yeah, there's definitely a, a point to be made there, but uh, the one big takeaway from last week, and there were good things that Allen did last week, you know, he did have a touchdown pass. He did, um, you know, he actually didn't give the ball away last week. These are all good things. He got the win, you know, let's start to build some confidence there, Josh, but man, um, if, if any Bills fans watching that game, they saw Allen miss a couple of his receivers um, that were kind of wide open um, uh, on an occasion or two. And it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of some ugly misses, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the Josh Allen that we have become accustomed to never seeing. You know, we were so used to seeing it at one point, And now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this, maybe this elbow, maybe there's something, you know, yeah. here yeah. in this elbow that's making him a little bit in- inaccurate. And I think, um, I think the time period that the Bills are now really looking forward to, not that they're overlooking the Lions or anyone else or the Patriots next week, um, I think they're looking very much forward to because they play Thursday, Thanksgiving this week. They play Thursday next week, and then they got that little mini bye week, they call it, right? You know, where they got an extended time until their next game following Sunday. So I think Allen's really going to like that, both for the mental aspect and for the physical aspect of, you know, being able to – just step away a little bit, you know, we don't worry about the sit back and watch some football on Sunday, do something. I don't know. You know like go shovel, <laughs> you know, just get learn, away from the game. Learn how to shovel. Yeah. Up physically and mentally. Yeah. Learn how to shovel some snow, Josh. You just get your mind right. Yeah. This is a really tough yeah. stretch for the bills. I mean, you had this weird weekend with this huge snowstorm and then you have to change venues. Uh, you play on a Sunday in Detroit. You have to turn around and play in Detroit again on Thanksgiving. And then it's not like the next game is on Sunday. The next game is on Thursday. So you don't even get that extended break until the week after that Patriots game. So this is a tough stretch. A lot of games in a short span. Uh, so I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that little mini bye week is going to be a good thing. But yeah, it is weird seeing Josh overthrow receivers and miss throws again. There's no way his elbow is 100% healed. It was just like a couple weeks ago. He almost missed the Vikings game. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, there's no, even though he's not going to make that excuse and people are talking about it, the elbow is probably, uh, still in play here, but yeah, it, it is interesting though, because when you see Stefan Diggs needing uh, a pep talk from Sean McDermott <laughs> during the game, you know, that there is, there's something there. There's some frustration 
or there's just something not quite clicking with the offense here. Uh, really since really since the bye week, since the since the second half of that Green Bay game, Nick. Like, give me your best impression. Mm-hmm. What was what was going on in that conversation between Diggs and McDermott there in the first half? Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting, right? Um, you know, that's kind of what we were writing over at Bill's Wire was, you know, we we were told this guy's a diva when he got traded. You know, he, he's coming from the Vikings. You better, better make sure you keep this guy happy type thing. But we never seen anything like that from Stefan Diggs. So, yeah. you know, I wasn't trying to make a big deal about it, but it was, you know, definitely something worth noting that, um, you know, uh, hey, uh, he looked upset. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I think maybe McDermott was just saying, you know, hey, you know, we need you, you know, don't don't overthink this. It's a lot of a lot of game to go, and you know, to probably McDermott's point, whatever he said um, in that moment, uh, Diggs did get targeted. I think maybe soon after, and of course that target was a uh, was a touchdown. So you know, you can't get much better than that for your first uh, pretty good, pretty first efficient, target, right? Yeah, it's pretty efficient, and you know, it, it did appear though that Diggs was frustrated with Allen. Which would be yeah. kind of weird if you know that your quarterback's dealing with an injury to his throwing arm and, and maybe, you know, is is squeezing it a little bit there. So, yeah, I, again, though, as you said, um, if Diggs is concerned with factors outside of winning, like targets and stats, he hasn't really shown that side of him. So why should we believe mm-hmm. that's the case? So uh, I'm willing to let that thing go. Um, the thing I'm actually holding on to more from this game than that, that Stefan Diggs sideline chat, although that video was was really interesting at the time. It was it was pretty wild to see. Uh, it was definitely a passionate chat between him and the coach. Uh, the running game, Nick, like it's easy. It was easily the best game we saw uh, James Cook play since he you know, was drafted by the Bills. He averaged seven point eight yards per carry. That is legit. It seemed like more. Felt like he was running into the second level of the defense on every touch. Devin Singletary did his thing. He had a really good game as well. Eighty six yards on eighteen carries. Had the uh, touchdown. So. What was interesting and, and cool about this game is that the Bills rushed for 171 yards. They averaged 5.2 yards per carry, and Josh Allen really wasn't a part of it, right? This is not a game where Josh really carried the football. Uh, so that's uh, that's something you could take out of this, although the offense was kind of ugly at times. I mean, 18 of your 31 points were Tyler Bass field goals, so it was not pretty. It definitely wasn't. And again, you trailed for most of the, most of the first half against the, the Browns in this one. Uh the fact that you were able to average 5.2 yards per carry, rush for 171 yards, and Allen wasn't you know, kind of spearheading that effort, that's a good sign. And if the Bills can figure that thing out, Nick, uh, I don't know. I don't know who beats the Bills, especially if you know, one, when Allen does get himself right, and he will. He will be back to being Josh Allen again, I'm sure, this, this season. Once Allen starts feeling it again, and you can, if you can run the football and James, James Cook looks as good as he did last game, that's a, that's a good sign for the Bills, and that could be a, a you know the hope that the lull ends and the Bills turn it around and, and start making their push again, right? Th- that running game is something I'm holding on to. That was a really really good sign for the Bills. Yeah, no, that running game. Uh, that's kind of kind of how my analysis has been on Allen, right? Um, you know, he needs to be better. But um, having said that, hopefully the Bills coaching staff, Ken Dorsey, um, is taking notes on how this rushing attack was because even. If you you know if, if the Bills can run the ball like that and get a 300 yard game out of Allen, like you said, Ryan, who the hell is stopping this team? I no mean, one. They, the way they run the ball has been very good. I mean, both James Cook breakout game for him, uh, 86 yards. Uh, Singletary also had 86 yards. Interestingly, on the dot, they had the same exact amount of rushing yards. But yeah, I mean that that balanced attack is is the thing teams dream of, and um, 
yeah, hopefully the Bills can, uh, you know, if you get Allen right and um, right in terms of, you know, everything we talked about mentally, physically, whatever's going on with him right now, um, that's A, great right now that you can still lean on the rushing attack. And B, just even if you can keep that going when he's, that's, yeah, that's that's kind of the the Bills that we saw earlier this year. They, they, they did have a little bit of a more balanced attack uh, at times. Uh, a lot of it, you know, granted it was Josh Allen too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, having this balanced attack, is is it would be something that you know the bills would 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 dream of do i have confidence the whole difference here is do i have confidence that they're going to keep doing this unfortunately no i don't think that the bills are going <laughs> to keep running the ball uh well not not because they can't do it but i can't think that you know eventually they're going to hop back on the josh allen you know uh horse here and just let him go off um you know and see where he takes him but uh yeah that's that that was a, a really really great thing to see the bills being able to be a be a rushing team and not even that we've seen the bills be a rushing team but it's usually josh allen right and this was not right. he had i think eight yards two rushes eight yards it was great yeah he wasn't really a big part of it and at least you have that in your bag right like i i agree with you the bill's best chance to win a super bowl is if it's just josh allen doing his thing out there and we're gonna ride you know on josh allen's shoulders and that's fine uh but if he's having a bad game if he's maybe struggling a little bit uh, like we saw in this one, where you know the Bills aren't really finishing drives like we we want them to, two and five in the two for five in the red zone. Well, if you could turn around and just start handing the ball off and run that and run the run the ball and win that way, that's that's kind of cool. And the and the Bills did they kind of leaned on their running game in this one, which was which was different. That was that was noticeable. It was also noticeable that the Bills shut down Nick Chubb. Right now, we thought if the Bills had any problem with the Browns, Nick, it would be with. Nick Chubb, who's probably the best running back in football, that guy is like, he's almost impossible to stop for negative yardage. That guy, right? He always seems to just move forward. He's so he's so good. He's so good at like finding the right hole, at least falling forward. If you stop Nick Chubb, he usually still picks up two or three yards. You know, they held him to nineteen yards. Like I didn't think Jacoby Brissett would be the one like gashing the Bills, but it was actually Brissett was more of a problem than Chubb in the running game for the Browns. So. The run defense of the Bills, uh, they actually shut down the run against one of the best rushing teams in football, Nick. So how'd they do that? That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a great effort by the defensive uh, defensive line. I mean, we saw it even in a couple of QB sneaks. You know, Jacoby Brissett is, you know, the, the I don't know, what's, you know, you hear the term, what, like quarterback whisperer, like, you know, all these different random things. Like Jacoby Brissett is the QB sneak whisperer and he's he just, pretty good you know, at it yeah so good at it and the Bills stopped him twice you know guys like Jordan Phillips stepping up Shaq Lawson stepping up um really the guy who maybe played worse worst maybe not worse that's maybe a little bit too harsh but um you know Von Miller didn't you know jump off the stat sheet he looked good in the game he was making plays in the game he was almost right there in Jacoby Brissett a few times but um yeah, it's just, it's interesting that you know the guy who Von Miller, like I said, he 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 didn't get on the stat sheet, but he still stood out, still played well, and maybe he was you know the the he he was the bar there, right? He was the bottom guy out of everyone. So many guys, Ed Oliver is coming, and he's great this year. He's got to be the one of the Bills um, uh, under the under the surface, under the radar guy. Same with yeah. Matt Milano. I mean, that guy was all over the field yesterday, awesome. especially without Jermaine Edmonds. And uh, yeah, that defensive front man, uh, that was. That would have been the best game I think I've seen that 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 uh, front seven, if you will, play for the Bills in in years because that Nick Chubb guy. I mean, great name, of course, great first name, yeah. maybe the second best Nick in the NFL world behind the Bills wear editor, 
And uh, yeah, he, 19 yards. That guy, he is he's good. And and it's not even just that. Uh, Pro Football Focus they do their uh, recent uh, or excuse me weekly um, power rankings, quote unquote. You know their analytics. It's hard to judge. You know how an offensive line, how to rank them, right? So you kind of you know you can't go in touchdowns or yards or whatever. So you kind of lean on Pro Football Fo- Focus PFF for that. And, and they the Cleveland offensive line is top five all year long. And the Bills defensive front just made them look bottom five. Really great effort there. Um, and as you alluded to, though, uh, that this the cornerback, I think the youthful cornerbacks kind of got exposed a little bit, which we didn't expect. But when your front front seven's playing like that, you know, you can you can get away with that a little, little bit. So now we got to get to this game on on Thanksgiving. Weird kickoff, Nick, that 1235 or whatever it is, earlier kickoff. Bills head back to Detroit. Uh, I actually have a bet that I like for this one. Uh, and I'll get your take on that and maybe what bet you like uh, coming up next. But first, let's get some fantasy advice from the huddle.com. And Nick and I will be right back to break down Bill's Lions. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. Corey Benini with the huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 12. Washington Commanders quarterback Taylor Heineke versus the Atlanta Falcons. Heineke hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in the last two games. And he's a tough sell for fantasy lineups with all 32 teams on the slate this week. This one's a low-volume outlook, and it may wind up being the best for DFS contests of the showdown variety. But he has plenty of weapons and should play a little freer without Carson Wentz lurking over his shoulder. Atlanta has given up an average of 23.1 fantasy points per game since week 6, and 8 passers have posted at least 21 points on the year. And with 3 touchdowns against from quarterbacks on the ground, there's even hope for a rushing touchdown. Miami Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert versus the Houston Texans. Prior to the week 11 bye, Mostert scored in consecutive games but has seen his workload kneecapped by the arrival of Jeff Wilson. The backfield will continue to split reps and against the weakest run defense in the league, it's reasonable to expect both backs to be viable in fantasy. The caveat here is Mostert is just barely useful even with a touchdown, so expect nothing of note if he somehow manages not to score. It's a good thing Houston is truly that bad on the ground. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has played well regardless of the quarterback since week 5, and in the last 6 games Campbell has 4 outings with at least 11.7 points in PPR, and 5 outings of borderline flex or better returns. He has 3 scores in that time frame and draws the Steelers defense that has permitted the most fantasy points on the year to the position. Most of the damage has come from 14 touchdowns allowed, which ties for the most in the NFL. This matchup is nearly 26% better than average, and Campbell should become the 17th receiver to score at least 10 PPR points against Pittsburgh. Buffalo Bills tight end Dawson Knox at the Detroit Lions. Last game was the first game Knox managed to record double-digit PPR points, 14, without scoring a touchdown in a full season. His seven grabs tied a career high, and the 70 yards versus Cleveland last week was the second most since 2021's wildcard round. Six of the seven scores versus the Detroit Lions in 2022 have come in the last seven outings, and just two weeks ago, Chicago's Cole Komet scored twice against Detroit. This is a worthwhile risk-reward play, if for no reason but the matchup itself. Happy Thanksgiving wishes from everyone at The Huddle. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 
All right, we're back. The Bills, uh, well, they head back to Detroit, Nick. Now, they could have just stayed there, which I thought would probably be a good idea. Maybe they couldn't figure out the logistics of uh, keeping the Bills in Detroit for a week or whatever, but they do. They came home for, I think they're home right now, right? But then they're going to have to head back to Detroit, uh, this time as the road team. And as an 8.5-point favorite, the total over-under is 53.5. Uh, obviously, the Lions among the league leaders in points scored. The Bills uh, are a high-scoring team as well, so that's a that's a big number, 53.5. Again, Bills, 8.5-point favorites. What, what? How would you bet this, Nick? What, what's uh, sticking out to you? What's your gut reaction to those lines? Um, yeah, I, I think... You know, I know that that you you are thinking, Ryan, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I think, you know, the Lions at eight and a half, I might consider that. Um, I mean, you look at something like last week, right? You know, you mentioned Cleveland just kind of getting some garbage points late and, you know, maybe we can see a backdoor cover type thing. And the Bills have gone through, you know, quite a bit lately. But, um, yeah, I think that that's uh, I will I will say to lead in to tease yours because I don't want to steal yours. Like I said, Ryan, uh, that's a high number, right? I think that might be a little bit too high. And I, I, I know where you're going to go with it. So I'll let you take it away. <laughs> well, I do know that as you pick the lines there, Roscoe was not happy about it. I, I can he hear Ros- Yeah, Roscoe was like, absolutely not. Do not take the lines. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the lines are a weird team, man. They're a weird team. I mean, like they've quietly won three straight. It felt like they were kind of picking for like they were going to have the first round, you know, first overall pick again. Uh, but they've quietly won three straight. They now have four. I think they're four and six. Uh, they've beat Green Bay at home, and then they w- went on the road, beat a really hot Bears team. Then they beat the seven and two Giants last week. So they're on a little winning streak, and they've scored over thirty points in five games this season. I think that's why the total is is up there at fifty three and a half. It hasn't really moved yet. And while their defense is terrible, and it is. The, the Lions defense is awful. Yeah. They've played a, a little bit better in the last three weeks, and they made Aaron Rodgers look like an idiot in that game uh, in Detroit a few weeks ago. So there's that. Uh, but in terms of the total, I, I do think like you get two kinds of Lions games, right? You you t- you tend to get these games where they score a bunch of points, but they also give up a, a ton of points. So you know both teams are in the 30s or in the 40s. I think they've had a game where both teams were in the 40s. What was that against Seattle earlier this year? So you get that kind of game or you get the kind of game where they play a good defense and they just can't they can't do anything. And then you remember, oh, yeah, Jared Goff is the freaking quarterback and Dan Campbell is the coach and they're just not that good. <laughs> like the Patriots beat this Lions team 29 to nothing. And Nick, I watched that entire game. It was so awful. The Lions didn't even look like a pro football team in that game. They were so bad and, and they were just playing a, like a representative defense. Same thing when they played Dallas. The Lions couldn't do anything in that game. They lost twenty four to six. The cow it was kind of close, but you know, that was Dak Prescott's first game back from his he was out for like seven weeks or whatever with that that thumb injury. He comes back, but the Lions couldn't score because they played a good defense. So it's not like the Lions are this juggernaut on offense. You can shut them down. Teams that are good on defense tend to do that. I think the Bills qualify as a very good defense. And and then when you look at the Bills, we just talked about it. Josh Allen's not quite right. Now, maybe the Lions defense is the get right spot. Who knows? Maybe. But Allen's not quite right. The offense isn't quite clicking like it has been for some reason ever since the bye week. Now, I know the Lions can score, but they, again, they have Josh, Jared Goff at quarterback. So I think this is like a weird week for the Bills, short week going back and forth from Detroit. Uh, these Thursday games tend to be ugly when they're at night, never mind at 1230 kickoff Eastern. 
I just think this one's screaming under to me. It's screaming under to me. That's just where that's mm-hmm. where, that's where I've been ever since I saw the line. I said Ooh, 53 and a half. Ooh, that's too high. So I don't know if that's a good yeah. pick. That I, I'm not an expert here. I don't have any insight. I'm not you know using my the app on my phone that tells me you know the experts are picking this and I'm I can sh- follow that. I haven't seen anything. This is just me looking at the spread and being what's my gut tell me. My gut tells me to be all over the under 53 and a half. And I think while I'm chewing on some turkey there uh, on Thursday afternoon, I think I'll be rooting for the under. I think that's going to be my pick for this one. Yeah. And um, honestly, just to, you know, like I said, I don't want to steal your thunder, all, all correct points. Uh, not even, you know, the bills, you don't know what team you're going to get the lines. You don't know what team you're going to get. This is just kind of like an NFL theme this year. Right. And over recent years, just the Thursday games are always so sloppy and, um, you know, just never, never really up to par. Right. It's almost like, it's almost like now it seems like when, you know, your usual Thursday slate, you got Fitzpatrick and Richard Sherman and that panel on Amazon. And it's almost like a running joke that they know that they're going to get like, ugly football because it's a short week and Poor teams Al Michaels. don't yeah. play as well on exactly. Thursday. Exactly. So it's like just throwing that on top of every good point you made there, Ryan. It's just it's a Thursday game. 53 points. That's crazy. That's crazy high for a Thursday game. Just any Thursday game in general, let alone two teams where it's like, you know, we're not, you know, we're not sure what we're going to get from from these two sides. And yeah, it's, I, I like more than Lions eight and a half. I I like the under in this one. You know, I know I know life is way too short to bet the under, but I don't know. Thursday's a long day, so maybe you can get away with the one under. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going under, man. I, I just think it, it it could be some ugly football, more so on the Lions side. I think they're going to be they're right they're ripe for an ugly game again. They've won three straight somehow, and I just don't think they're that good. And I know they're not that good because again, I saw I watched that entire Patriots game twenty nine nothing guys twenty nine nothing. The Patriots beat the Patriots are not good. I don't know if you, any, anybody saw highlights of that Pats Jets game last week. They're not good, and they beat the Lions twenty nine to nothing. So, uh, <laughs> I think the Bills could do the same. So, uh, but Nick, you you might not even want to bet because I know you know. So last week again, we did this segment not knowing that the game had moved to Detroit. We still thought there was a chance the Bills could play at home, and the the total of that game had gone all the way down to like what was it forty and a half or something forty one and a half. The line had plummeted all the way down. And you, were, uh, you you talked about just go bet the over because that might be too low anyway. And never mind if this game gets moved. Now you're going to have a huge advantage betting the over. And wouldn't you know it, you made the bet. And then the game gets moved to Detroit. The line balloons back up to like 48 and a half or something like that. And then your bet gets yeah. voided out, right? So you might, you, you are you mad at the sports books right now? Because your bet got voided and you would have been right. I am so terribly upset. We, I convinced after our conversation, I convinced myself that, um, you know, this is going to be, this is it. This is the, the bills are going to go over this, even if they're playing in Orchard Park. Yeah. So Thursday morning, I go, I bet the over two hours later, the game's in Detroit. I go, oh, yeah. I even, I texted Ryan, everyone. And I, I said, did. yeah, I got it in. I, I moved, they moved I the so game. I got, they're going to go over, boom, the, the void. I'm not going to say what what book that I'm very upset with right now, but they voided out my bet. That was over whatever 41 got changed to Detroit. Yep. I was, oh uh, man, I was so upset about that. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, and of course, you know, I've been down bad ever since because, you know, that's just me betting on football. That's all that ever happens. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's tough, man. And so I, I get why they voided it out. I think they voided out everyone's bets. If I'm, you know, that's just a guess here, but so, cause I don't use this book that you use, yes. but I'm sure they've voided out all the people that bet the under. 
thinking they were going to play in the snowstorm and they were giving everybody a solid and just said, we're going to void out everyone. Uh, but you don't care about everyone is what we're kind of saying here, right, Nick? Like that you just don't, you don't care about other people. You care about your own very smart and astute. Exactly. Bet. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. They voided out everyone. Um, you know, it's, I get it. I get it. But when it doesn't work out for me, I don't, I don't get it then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't care about other, now you could have doubled down and just bet the over anyway, Nick, because what was the total? 54, they ended up with 54 points in this one. Yeah, uh, so yeah. you, you would have hit the over. It, but, you would have hit know, the over anyway. I, I could have went, but you know that's what it could have. Yeah, I'm it. still taking under this week. It's still an <laughs> under kind of week for me coming up. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, yeah. If you feel like uh, you know following us on that one, consider 53 and a half under, uh, and uh, don't yell at us if we're uh, if we're wrong. Because again, Nick, we are not experts, and our bank accounts would our you know our little sports betting accounts would uh, if we would have showed our record on there, that would probably tell the folks that uh, maybe you shouldn't follow our bets but uh but that's yeah. what we're doing um so i was gonna say so what even if you don't have the traditional thanksgiving feast this year nick because you are working what is uh what do you usually go for on thanksgiving dinner what is your go-to what's what's the one thing that you look forward to that maybe if you are cooking for yourself you're gonna make sure you have well i am big i'm big sides guy on thanksgiving big sides guy liking some potatoes my go-to is always you know the the stuffing though, stuffing, dressing, whatever you want to call it, depending on where you are in the world yeah, like or, the, you know, the, corn, the, the, the cornbread stuffing, that thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love me some stuffing. Stuffing is definitely my favorite. Just, you know, it's, it's hard to mess up and it's just seems like no matter how you have it, it's always delicious. That that's uh yeah, that's my go-to is always the stuffing and the potatoes. Obviously I'm watching my carbohydrates when I'm eating on Thanksgiving as well. <laughs> yes. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay slim. Uh, yeah, no doubt you gotta, you're better than me though, Nick. Um, I am, I don't know why, but I'm a big like cranberry sauce guy. I, I'm not very picky with anything. I can eat anything. Uh, so whatever food sides, whatever is in front of me, I can eat, but it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving unless I have that cranberry sauce. And actually I didn't, I had never like Mm. prepared the cranberry sauce before. So I didn't really know what it, like what it was or what container, what kind of container or what you had to do to prepare for it or whatever. I, I never knew it was just always on the table at the family gathering and I just put it on my plate. Of course. Uh, but last year, as you know, my wife and I had, you know, we had a baby in last October. So our baby was like a month and a half old, you know, whatever it was by Thanksgiving, we weren't going to bring the, the little baby uh, around a big family gathering. And there was just a, a lot of people coming. It was going to be like 20 plus people were like, that's too much. Uh, so we, we just stayed home and did our own thing. That was the first time I really stayed home and cooked for myself and I had to get the cranberry sauce, and I realized it was just just it's in a freaking can. And you open up the can, you plop it down. It's like okay, that's that's it. That's all you do to prepare for this, I guess. And you just eat it. So yeah. it is kind of yeah. it is kind of disgusting when you just like plop it out of that can. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I gotta have it, man. I can't uh, for some reason. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you on the sides thing: stuffing, potatoes, gravy, all that. Put it all together. But I need that cranberry sauce too. That's what really makes it feel like Thanksgiving to me. For some reason, I otherwise I just I don't. I can't count it. You know, I can't count it as a Thanksgiving meal. I'm not always a huge cranberries guy, but I always do enjoy a nice little mixture of it. Maybe, maybe I'm a little weird for this, but a little bit stuffing and cranberry. I like, oh, yeah. I like that. I think oh, yeah. I, I like to, you know, I let my food touch on the plate. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I got to <laughs> mix it up. Got to mix it up for sure. Yeah. So I bet. Right, well, Hey, I do enjoy doing the pod with you. It feels like we just talked, right? Because we talked on yeah. Thursday of last week. Now it's Tuesday. So we, we, you know, we usually do a weekly show, but it feels like we talk every day. But I appreciate doing the show with you every week, man. And I hope you and the fam 
have a, uh, a great holiday week. Maybe you get a little bit of a break. I know you'll be working on Thursday, but maybe you'll get a little bit of a break in between, you know, maybe you'll have like a weekend off or something. I don't know, but I'm hoping the yeah, best for you what, and the fam, man. That's what, that's what we're hoping for, but we shall see. We shall see like Josh Allen. I, I will be looking forward to the little bit of a mini bye week that we have after the next game in the Patriots. But uh, yeah, you as well, uh, Ryan, you and the family enjoy your, uh, your Thanksgiving. And of course, enjoy the, uh, the cr- those cranberries. Yeah. And I'll, I'll try to enjoy my Patriots against the Vikings on Thursday night. I get to watch the bills. Get to watch the uh, the Pats. It'll be a good Thanksgiving, man. Good Thanksgiving slate. If I'm still awake, uh, come time for Patriots kickoff. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough, man. I'm getting old. I'm getting old for these, you know, eight fifteen kickoffs <laughs> yeah, on Thanksgiving night thing. It, I don't know. Harder and harder when that turkey hits. You know, <laughs> it, um, it is man. Makes you a little tired. And, Pot of coffee know. before that one. Uh, but yeah, I think the slate, all three games should be really interesting. Starting with Bills uh, Lions. Looking forward to it for Nick Wotan. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week. And uh, we'll catch you next week to break it down. And then, oh, Nick, we'll get to talk Pat's Bills, right? Pat's Bills? Yes. Yeah, so looking forward to that as well. We'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.